a huge lesson I learned was about resilience through, you know, baptism by fire and through research. You know, I learned about all these scientific ways that you can actually be more resilient. You can be proactive and do certain things so that you are more resilient when you need to activate your resilience muscle. So you can strengthen your resilience muscle or when like life gets fucking hard, you have certain tools of things you can do to take, you know, the situation a bit more in your control and move through those challenges. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the show today. That Bob. time I didn't. That time I, That take I didn't talk over you, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So here we are. We're we're so excited about our guest today. Yeah. Um, but for that, of course, you have to hear the updates from the Bob and Brandon life because it's yeah. So tell me, tell me a story from from the hoedown. Like, What's give me a speci- give me a specific story from Baby Bathwater. Um, Today we have another Baby Bathwater guest who is an awesome human being. But yes. um, I need to hear a story that uh, that you can tell legally. League. Oh, well, we were in Texas. And uh, we traveled two hours to the airport. And um, I mean, I've already told that I won the the bolo. You, you won the bolo. I mean, that I, I'd like. So to what do you do at a hoedown? Long... Did you did you eat barbecue? Oh, we eat everything. Yeah, they had, okay. they, had a, they had barbecue out there. Did you have to food. rope the cow that you eventually? No, cooked? no cow roping this time. Okay. Uh, it was nice. We had a swimming pool. Um, we had cabins. It was lovely. Amazing food. Amazing and, people. And Brandon, did I see a picture of you in a cowboy hat? I did. I went to Amazon and 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 got myself a cowboy hat. And you were like you were like the the people that go to like the Toby Keith concert and yes. they have the brand new hat because yes. they want to appear country. Exactly. I okay. bought a cowboy shirt. I bought it's got the designs on the did it have buttons or are snaps? It was buttons. It okay. was buttons. I didn't, I, you know, I I, I didn't okay. want to spend too much on the shirt because I'm not a fully committed cowboy. Okay. So you had the blue jeans. The did you have boots? I had blue jeans and some black boots, not cowboy boots, but close enough. Thank you. Okay. Um, and and I strutted around and and what about the ass? It. What about the assless chaps? No, <laughs> no, that's a okay. different party, but oh, you know, okay. We can talk okay. about that another episode. Okay, uh, that particular party. Um, no, absolutely lovely time of uh, swimming, crazy good food. Uh, also saw one of our past clients there, uh, Brock Elite, uh, David, phenomenal guy, had a great, great time with him, had some live music. Um, I took a, a lonely walk uh, in under the starlight. It was amazing. We, we were, it was like two in the morning or whatever. And, and there's all these wonderful trails where we were. So went out and communed with nature and the crickets spoke to me and, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful night. Um, great location. So yeah, overall, overall, just really good vibes, really good people. It's, it's a, it's definitely a blessing to be a part of, of that group. It is, uh, it is become our pleasure to reconnect with people at live events. Mm. We- don't know what we missed during the pandemic until it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, we took it for granted. Like 
you and I, when we get out and meet colleagues and new people, it is absolutely energizing. Um, I know the travel kind I'm like, I don't like to travel, you know, that yeah. like getting yeah. to places kind of sucks. And mm -hmm. you probably have that same feeling, but once yeah. you're there, it's like, wow, this is really worth it. Totally. So, yeah. Um, There's nothing that can replace the one-on-one -on -one human connection. Yeah. And we're just like, uh, we just feel like we're really, um, really lucky to have just decided to start a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. We are getting to meet people that I, I hope you're enjoying it because sure as heck Brandon and I are yeah. um, today. This could literally be, I know last week um, we had a chance to talk with Joe. Um, this could literally be part two <laughs> of a podcast yeah. because the, the synergy between what these two were talking about um, more trauma, more resilience. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Blair, Blair is all about, she, she started a, a movement called the global resilience project mm -hmm. Um uh, she jumps right in and tells us her story of just some horrible crap that's gone in her life the last couple mm -hmm. of years. But I'm not sure we've met a more positive person um, yeah. coming out of that. And I think, Brandon, the thing that I really appreciate most is that people are willing these days just to get transparent and yeah. raw in front in front of people. Um, incredibly healing. And I, I hope you are enjoying listening to this type of stuff. I mean, because Brandon and I just like, we love it. Yes, 100% agree. So without further ado, here is Blair. Welcome, Blair Kaplan Venables. Not Venables, but Venables. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks how for being are, on the show. How are you? I'm good after winning the baby bathwater bolo tie award for yeah. my blinking uh, baby bolo that but you uh, missed the award. I know I was taking a nap. Oh, oh geez. half an hour late to dinner. And womp, womp. Michael's like, where were you? Like, Dude, I was taking a nap, man. We're you gonna... missed an opportunity to go on stage and get an award. Right. Right. So. When you're recounting this story oh. on another podcast, you failed to leave out that you you I got the nap. award, but you I didn't like... actually accept it. <laughs> but I just want to say something. Baby Bathwater, the whole event is a stage. So That's true. It is. If you weren't there specifically to accept your award before dinner, we all knew you won. We all cheered you on. Yes. So it's okay. I felt it while I was napping. I yeah. mean, we and had dinner woke you together. Up. We, yeah, we after being there up till four in the morning the night before, yeah, took took my nap. Well, yeah. Brandon's a senior citizen now, so <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what he needs. Yeah, I need my nap before dinner, clearly. So if you're intuitive or not, we just we keep hitting you over the head with with all these cool baby bathwater members. So Blair's yes. another one of Brandon's compadres. Yes, and uh, as oh, Blair, just have to let you know, like you got big shoes to fill because baby oh. bathwater people by experience are pretty awesome people. But yes, just just in the pre-conversation, I think uh, I think you're going to do just fine. I mean, <laughs> Blair is sitting in a very comfortable chair. She's in frigid British Columbia, but she's being hugged by a polar bear during this podcast. Because <laughs> well, in Canada, we all have pet polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's awesome. So Blair, just want to welcome you. It's great to meet you. Tell us what is exciting in Blair's life right now, business-wise, personal-wise. Yeah, well, that's a great question. And it's funny because lately I've had a lot of people checking in on me. <laughs> and okay. I'm going like, to back up. Are like, you frozen solid? Are you alive? <laughs> no, Blair. Well, no, it's okay. It's a little, a little like 
serious twist for a minute to give you some yep. context. Of course. Um, <clears throat> and a bit of a trigger warning because I'm going to mention some stuff that's like hard as fuck. If you need to walk okay, away, well, pause this, walk away, come back. If you need support, reach out to me. I will put you in touch with the right support wherever you may live. But mm. the last few years of my life have been fucking hell. Mm. Right? So uh, a couple of years ago, my husband had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery. Oh. He's fine, but he almost died. And then um, about a year later, we've been trying to get pregnant for a while. I was told I couldn't. I got pregnant naturally, but we... We suffered a miscarriage. And mm. then three weeks later, my father-in-law suddenly died from cancer mm. after a three-week battle. And then three, three months weeks. later, my mom died suddenly from cancer after a three-week battle. Oh, and then wow. not even a year after my mom died, my dad died. So oh. people are constantly checking in on me. And usually it's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm surviving. But this past week, my answer has been like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm good. Mm. And I oh, haven't wow. been able to say that in a while. And I think it's because... I took my, I didn't really take time off after my mom died or my dad died or the miscarriage or Dave dying because I run a business mm-hmm. and I am like a part, I'm you know, it's me, myself and I, and a few contractors. Mm-hmm. And if I don't work, I don't make money. And I wasn't preparing for all this. Like I'm in my, well, now I'm in my late thirties, but I was in my mid thirties. Yeah. I wasn't expecting all this tragedy and to be in a grief vortex. So mm-hmm. Um, I actually took a vacation um, with my husband. I left my laptop at home the first time in 15 years, second time in 15 years, I didn't bring my laptop on vacation. So I took literally a real vacation. And then I came back and not even like a week later, I went to Miami for a mastermind and then to Austin for baby bathwater. I can tell you that I actually feel good. Like I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. Like I feel like I'm, I'm becoming who I'm I am next in life and I'm no Mm. longer like stuck in like the Velcro of deep grief. Wow. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for being willing to share that. Yeah. Um, So how how long of a process has this been? Like, what are we talking year, a couple of years? Let's see. Shane had a heart attack. We're coming up to, yeah. So Shane had a heart attack three years ago. Okay. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, he was still recovering when the pandemic started and he couldn't go Mm. back to work because he's high risk. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, so it's been two years since the miscarriage. November 24th is the anniversary of uh, Dave passing. Um, February 23rd will be the anniversary of my mom passing. And February 18th will be the one year anniversary of my dad passing. So my mom and dad, both in their 60s, died 360 days apart. And while this is all happening, I'm running a business and like, I'm not, not a multimillionaire yet, but I've had some of the biggest financial successes being half in my business while mm. navigating grief. So it's really mm. interesting because my business th- survival, I call it survival, some from like survival mm. to thriving. It's wow. I'm in a state of survival. And so it's really interesting to have this sort of duality. Yeah. So what gets me excited is that I'm not super sad anymore. Okay. And I have a lot of business goals and things I've been working on and things that are coming down the pipeline um, and things that have happened. And it's just, there's some cool things coming down the pipeline. Cool. So so Blair, if you're willing to share, which I can tell you are, what we we just had a lovely conversation with another Bevy Bathwater member about, um, you know, the kind of like pain is the great awakener. And, you know, this idea that business is is personal, it's always personal, you can't separate life from business and business from life, it all kind of flows together. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about 
maybe some of your greatest lessons, the greatest revelations about yourself um, during a very difficult time. Um, what did it What did it do for you? Who Who are you today versus who you were? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I never thought I'd be 37, childless, sober, and bird watching, but here we are. Like, very wild. What a picture. Are you a bird watcher? Are you bird watching? I mean, like, I'm not like super aggressive into birding, but when I see cool birds, I Google them and learn about them. And like, I like lying in my, I like lying outside in nature and like looking at the clouds and the leaves and the birds and like learning. I like to think it's the birds are cool. They are. They're they are amazing. cool. My wife loves birds and we we feed the entire flock that comes through the Chicagoland area. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Hopefully not I, geese. I don't no, not feed, geese. Good. I don't feed birds um, except for sometimes hummingbirds. Like we recently oh, yes. to Kamloops in the last year, but I was living in Pemberton, which is just north of Whistler. And there we had a really cool, like we had a bird feeder, um, sorry, hummingbird feeder. And we had a couple hummingbirds hanging out and I love it. Yes. And I might add one this year. Um, but yeah, I, that's a great question, Brandon. Um, so where I am now upon reflection, because you could really only understand the lessons you've learned from a place of a scar, not an open wound. Mm. And uh, mm. my husband and I've decided we're not going to have children. Mm. And you know, I really think I was put on this earth to do something great. And I started sharing when I learned my father was terminally ill. My father lived with addiction. In 2008, we learned he was terminally ill. And we started sharing our story of his addiction, our relationship, my forgiveness of him. And I think it's a story for another time where you can just like do, do a deep dive creep online on me. But we started sharing our story publicly, like over coffee or on a like this. And it was helping people. Yep. I would share my story and I'd get a message. Hey, Blair, it was great having coffee with you. I went and got a therapist. I want to fix things with my mom. Hey, Blair, heard you on the radio. Um, and I drove across Canada to fix things with my dad. And I was like, whoa, like, dad, we're making a difference. Mm -hmm. So let's gather stories of resilience and publish a book. And we'll bookend it with your story and my story. And it'll be a legacy piece for when you're gone. Mm -hmm. And so I started this journey. That's um, So the end of 2018, I decided to choose sobriety. So I haven't had alcohol um, in almost four years now, and um, because alcohol led to other bad decisions that I just was going down a similar path to my father and it was scary. And I'm a lot like my dad. Mm. And so I decided I couldn't navigate his end of life with making those same decisions. So I cut out, like cut out the bridge to that. Mm. And, um, I started something called the global resilience project. And so I started gathering stories from around the world and running fundraisers for counseling assistance programs, et cetera. And I've been doing that for like since the beginning of 2019. But a huge lesson I learned was about resilience through, you know, baptism by fire and through research. You know, I learned about all these scientific ways that you can actually be more resilient. You can be proactive and do certain things so that you are more resilient when you need to activate your resilience muscle. So you can strengthen your resilience muscle or when like life gets fucking hard, you have certain tools of things you can do to take you know, the situation a bit more in your control and move through those challenges. And so where we're at today is I've really learned that I'm on this earth in this body in this lifetime. And I know that sounds a little woo, but I'm a woo woo Jew. So here we are. Yeah. Is that I'm here I'm to turn you. my, yeah, I'm here to turn my pain into purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm here to get on podcasts and stages and coffee dates and be in front of rooms 
be in front of kids and students and, you know, senior citizens and everyone in between to help empower them to be more resilient because we all have this muscle. And a lot of us don't have or know, like haven't had to like learn to strengthen it. And then guess what? I hate to be the blare of bad news, but everyone's going to die. Someone you love is going to die. It's going to fucking suck. Your parents, if they're not dead yet, they're going to die. Like I learned all this really, you know, in my thirties and I have all these lessons on how I navigated it and how I got through it and how my business was still generating revenue and how I was able to still show up for a life that I, you know, a life I didn't recognize anymore. And I want to be that person. I think that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here in this lifetime. So then my biggest lesson is that like, we're all resilient. Like we're born to be resilient. We're born to get through shit. And like, I, yeah, I'm a social media marketing expert and mentor, and I've created these whole systems, but, and like, I'm considered a pioneer in the industry, but what I've learned with, with social media and the global resilience project is that we all have a story. Mm-hmm. We all have a story. We all have our why. Mm-hmm. And the common thread between both of those is that, are we telling ourselves a story or are we living our story? Are we making up who we want to be or are we actually living who we are? I love that. I love that. Or are we are we following a narrative that that has been handed to us, a story that's been handed to us and are we coming out of it and saying, "Wait a minute. I want to make my own story." Well, you know, and like being an entrepreneur, like I, I mean like even like a high level's basic is like we're taught to like go to school and university and get a job and 9 to 5 and maybe you become like a lawyer or whatever, you, you know, and then you just like live your life working all the time and then you die. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. what's the point? What a wasted, yeah. wasted life. And that's a story that a lot of people have. And as they get older, they're like someone who maybe went to school for business, but now they like babysit cats because that brings them joy. <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> so it's interesting. Blair, you totally have to listen to, I think it'll come out. The, the episode with Joe will come out, I think, a week before yours. Like, it's amazing. Like, we should have you both on the same show because yeah. we're almost having the same conversation. Yeah. It is so... Oh, no, is it boring? Should we switch gears? No, no, no. no not at all. No, this not is absolutely all. what people need to hear. Like, yeah. Brandon and I believe everything is perfect. Like, it, yeah. there's no, it's not an accident that you guys are back to back. Um, And, like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So tell... I, I want... you said something, are we telling our story or are we living it? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? Like, what does it look like when somebody's just telling their story versus living their story? Like, okay. Okay. So the, maybe that person will just, you know, we'll call her a, like, this is literally not in a reference to anyone out there listening. It's not you. If your name starts with a, but (laughs) a is living her, her life and on Instagram and social media, it looks perfect. Okay. You know, the Christmas photos, the matching sweaters with her kids and her partner, like her unboxing of her new shoes, whatever she wants the world to perceive her as. With a really nice filter. Yeah. Yeah. But in the back end, she's having trouble in her marriage. One of her kids isn't sleeping. Like they're in like fucking $200,000 of debt. You know, she's just diagnosed with some sort of illness. Like, and she's only showing us what she wants people to think her life is. Mm -hmm. or you're living your life where you're like me. And I'm just using me as an example because it's the easiest. (laughs) Like I just came back from the doctors because I've been monitoring a a cyst, a big cyst on my ovary. And I had an ultrasound yesterday and I got my results today and they, you know, that's shrunk and there's another thing and I share it. 
I mm. share it. When my mom died, I, sh- I share it. I don't just share the good stuff. I share the hard stuff. I show up often on social media without makeup and without my hair done, like in my story. Like, I want you to know all the different sides of me because that's what not only builds a relationship and a bond, but also shows you what I'm capable of. My whole world fucking fell apart. My mom mm. at 62 was told she had cancer and she'd be fine and died three weeks later. Like my, my rug was pulled from beneath me. And from before that was the miscarriage and Dave dying and my husband almost dying. So people were already in my journey and they're like, holy shit. And you're speaking on these stages and doing this cool shit. And you're published a book and you're publishing a second book. Like I want to be in your world. Mm -hmm. So I'm living the life I'm showing people. Mm -hmm. I'm living my life. I'm not curating the moments that you see. And Mm -hmm. even what you don't see on social media, like, I'm not just lying there doom scrolling. Like I'm living my life, like putting my phone down and reading my book and not escaping. Well, except for Real Housewives. I really like the Real Housewives. I do. Right. Who doesn't? I know. I I joke that if I was a housewife, my my tagline would be, I don't make the rules. I just break the rules. (laughs) (laughs) You get the whole moniker. Yeah. So I just think like there's a lot of like, I mean, and I'm just using social media because that's my world, but it's like, what my question is to everyone out there, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, and you're listening to this is like, what is your why? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you the way you are? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you living where you're living? How did you get here? What's your path? What's your story? Did something happen when you were five that led you to be doing what you're doing now? Tell Mm -hmm. us your story. What is your why? Love it. Yeah. Like, just don't like, don't put on a show. Yeah. I, I I love that you're mentioning that, you know, when, when we're, when we're filming clients, we start with their big why we call it the big why video and what clients appreciate about it. You know, there's a perception about video that you, you gotta, you gotta, we've been trained by, you know, talking heads in the news media. We've been taught trained by actors, you know, and their perfect jaw lines and everything. <laughs> and there's perception when I get on camera, I have to be, I have to amplify only the best parts of me. I've got to show my highlight reel. I've got to grin or, or act like somebody else. Yes. Or, or, or be not me. And for someone who is neck deep in this media and, and, and see social trends all the time, it's very refreshing to hear you um, being the contrarian and saying, this is, this is the reality. And it, not surprising at all how many people resonate with you. And it's, it's funny that you're saying that. So like, like I said before, I'm considered like one of the pioneers of social media marketing and I don't call myself that I share it. A client Mm -hmm. called me that and it kind of stuck. I started a PR company when I was 23 at the beginning of the recession in Vancouver, where I didn't know anyone. I had no money. Like I was like, what, what am I doing? I was working for Lululemon. I was sick of folding stretchy pants. So I started a company (laughs) like naturally. And, um, I started a PR company, but social media marketing wasn't a thing but I'd have meetings with people and they'd be like, Oh, do you know how to use social media? And I would just say yes and figured it out. Yep. So I create, there was no mentor. There was no YouTube videos. There was no one to learn it from. So I created my own systems and I have something called the social media empowerment pillars. And they're the seven pillars you need to build out in your strategy to be seen as a thought leader on social media. And it's funny because my whole undertone is not undertone, but, but like my whole, I guess, system is all about storytelling and basically effing the algo, like fuck the algorithm. Who cares about Mm. a stupid algorithm? Show up and tell your Mm. story. Mm. And I recently, in a learning, I came up, well, I sort of came up with it, but I had a friend kind of solidify it. 
So I didn't fully come up with it, but I help people with their algoritis. Oh, (laughs) love it. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So, but, and that all comes back down to storytelling. Mm. Stop making content on social media because you think the algorithm might show your post to 10 more people. Instead, get weird, write a poem. Like I just posted a video of my hands covered in glitter. And it's like a video with two photos going back and forth and black and white and color. And I made a little like post with it. Like, I think social media is a creative platform. It's a place to get creative, share your story, let people into your world. If one person or 100,000 people see a post, cool. Is that one person or 100,000 people, like, are they buying stuff from you? Does numbers on social media really matter if there's no money in the bank account? Mm. Love that. So how do you, how do you help? So this is, this is something Brandon and I um, come across is we want to put the owner, the founder on camera. And a lot of times they're reluctant. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it to be personal. I don't want to tell my story. Um, how do you help brands kind of fight through and figure out what to even say and how to personalize like a brand on social media? Well, I can definitely tell you, I don't work with everyone. Okay. Okay. I mean, I say no to people. You have to be willing to get vulnerable. If you're not willing to get vulnerable, it might not be the right fit working with me on like a very detailed level. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, my dad died when I was five. It doesn't have to be as deep as you want it. But like even companies like Lululemon, like Chip Wilson started it. I know the story of Lululemon and it's about Chip Wilson and how he started Lululemon. Yeah. And what is the founder's story? You know, maybe it's an employee at the organization. How did you get here? And if I, I mean, I think my advice to you is figure out how you want to, how, what type of people you want to work with. And if they're not willing to share their stories, then they're just another cookie cutter Mm. wasting their money with you, which is probably okay for you, but not for them. Sure. Is this, is Blair, has this been an evolution in your approach to social media? Oh yeah. I mean, I've always shown up like, again, I don't make the rules. I just break the rules. I'll coach you in exactly what to do. And I won't do it. (laughs) I've been on social media for so long. And like for a while I was turning down work, but I've come up with a new system and I have people to help me because I couldn't keep up. But um, I've always told stories. Mm. It's always about the story, whether it's like me out for a walk on a, you know, on a weekend and like seeing funny things at garage sales to like going in a helicopter ride in Hawaii with my husband after like, you know, three years of no vacation with him because he almost died Mm -hmm. in COVID and the death parade. Mm -hmm. And I think my life is one continuous story. And Mm -hmm. amongst that, there's all these other little stories that are happening. There's my social media story of like my business, like the things, the ways to work with me. There's my global resilience project story, like all the things I'm doing with resilience. And then there's my personal life and then everything in between. Hey, Innovative Founders, what a great combo we're having today with Blair Kaplan. Um, She is a social media pioneer. She has been around the space for a long time. And I think you're going to love, if if you're listening to the show, you know that we like to do things that are um, not formulaic and they're not the way that uh, everybody's doing it. It's not a me too thing. Uh, She will help you tell your authentic story. Um, That's what we do at Feed Stories and that's what Blair does. Um, If you want to authentically share the story of your company uh, to generate a greater social media presence, uh, get more engagement, get more authentic clients in your pipeline, 
Blair is the one to connect with. So you can find her at blairkaplan.ca. And if you have a story of resilience, she talks a lot in this episode about resilience. Uh, she is part of uh, a movement that she founded called the Global Resilience Project. And if you have a story to tell, you can go to IamResilient.info and you could share your story. IamResilient.info. Now, back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Was there something early on for you that's solidified or even recent that was, has this always been your approach to social media or was there some, something early on, an event, a conversation, maybe a, a chance you took by posting a video or, or a post or a poem that kind of anchored that for you? Like, oh, wait a minute, people are responding to this one-off thing of me doing glitter or petting my cat or a garage sale <laughs> more than this, you know, perhaps this structured video that we see billions of online, you know, and maybe a direct response marketing format. And maybe it just took off for you. Was there, or was there anything like that early on? That's like, Oh, this is the vein I need to go down here. And so no, I think I just trial and error. And <laughs> for me, I can't just make posts because I have to. <laughs> I have to show up and do what I want when I want. And it worked and people can tell people can smell bullshit. Like here's my plant. This is a sponsored post. And this plant is a Christmas cactus. And if you, you know, like people know when it's bullshit, like, you know, seeing a fitness influencer promoting a Dyson vacuum, excuse me. Like, right. Yeah. And, um, so I think because I'm trained in public relations and that public relations is the planned effort to influence public opinion through responsible action supported by two-way communication, I've always had this system of creating conversations, whether it is me just sharing something or creating something that would engage people. I've always come at it with that viewpoint. Mm, cool. So you didn't, so social media didn't always exist but you've been an entrepreneur. So tell us how you accidentally started your first business. My very first, well, it depends what you consider like a real, okay. Well, when I was 12, I had, or maybe 11, I had my mom sign up for Avon and I went door to door selling makeup so I can afford my own lipstick. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And when I was 18, so I worked for someone, I was an entrepreneur while I was in university and working at Lululemon. um, I actually also sold flowers, sold roses in the nightclubs. And I worked for someone. And so I only made $1.25 a flower and tips, but I would work for a few hours and make a hundred, couple hundred bucks because I would hustle. Okay. Um, so that, that wasn't my own business, but like I controlled how much money I made. Um, did I just say I imported cigar box purses from New York? I also did that when I was 18. Wait, imported what? Cigars? Cigar box purses. So cigar purses box. From- what is oh. that? What is, is this? It's a purse made from a cigar box. Like the cardboard what? cigar box. Yeah. Um, when my mom passed away, I found a couple and I, I know they're somewhere, but I it's really hard to unpack my Winnipeg boxes from one of my mom. But like I think I have one or two somewhere here. Um, and if they if I find when I find them, they will make an appearance. Wow. Never knew so, they were a thing. Yeah, me neither. And then here I am. But anyway, so I did that, but my when I was 23, I wanted to move up and do PR at Lululemon, but the company had went from, they went from public, I'm sorry, private to public. Yeah. And it was harder to move up. They weren't just promoting people. They were bringing people in with experience and who the fuck am I? I'm 23. So I started my own company. I started my PR company, 
But also, so I started my own PR company, no idea what I was going to do, didn't know how to get clients. Like I, I really had no idea. I knew how to do PR and that was it. Um, but Lululemon gives their staff free yoga. Okay. And so for three and a half years, I had free yoga. And like part of my job was to like take people to yoga and like coffee. That was great. <laughs> yoga and so coffee. I basically uh, why don't we do this- free yoga? Maybe we should do our own yoga with Bob and Brandon show. Should we do? Just- uh, nobody would tune in, Brandon. We would oh. actually have a negative <laughs> listenership. Oh, I would tune in. Thank you. Blair. Uh, no, Thank you're you. lying. <laughs> I don't lie. <laughs> So I started, so I left, I left Lululemon, started my company and I was going to yoga and I was like, holy shit. I did not know how expensive yoga was because I didn't start doing it until after I started working for Lululemon. So I was like, oh my God, I'm from a coupon family. Like I have memories of running down the aisles at the grocery store, collecting all the coupons. My mom loved the show and save book. I don't know if you know what that is, but my mom loved coupons. She would rip them out of the paper. We had piles of coupons. So anyways, naturally I was like, oh, there must be a coupon book for me to do free yoga or discounted yoga. And I couldn't find one. I was like, oh, I'll just make my own coupon book. And so I went to all these businesses in Vancouver that like were health and wellness. And I was like, do you guys want to be in my health and wellness coupon book to inspire people to have an active mind, happy heart, loving soul. And I got like travel companies and yoga and art. And anyways, so I printed a coupon book. It's genius. And then, and then I was like, then I, you know, I, so, so then the coupon book evolved to being basically an online community first to start off where like I would sell spots, you know, to the business, like an ad online. And then I switched to the group buy model. Um, I, my mom was my investor. Thank God for the bank of Sharon. Um, I, I did not. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. The Thank bank you, of Sharon. Sharon was closed. It was closed. So shortly after we spent a lot of her money, but mm-hmm. I worked with a developer and created my own software for all of this to happen. Like there was no white label shit. Like everything was custom built for me. And so remember I'm, this is 23 for a few years I was doing this. And because of that, I was out networking my face off. So I would meet you. You'd be like, wow, Blair, let's go for coffee. In my, uh, in my mind, I was trying to get you to be part of my coupon company. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to talk more usually about PR and social media. So I literally was going to like some of days, three or four events, like a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, a cocktail. Like I was out networking my face off. And then I had this epiphany a few years later where I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? I should have just paid for the yoga class. Like, this is so much work. It doesn't really make me any money. Like my money comes from my PR services, especially because no one else really, not a lot of people did social media. Like people wanted social media, but my time, I was focusing on the wrong activities, but that was actually put me on the map. It was just like, anyways, so I I love it. You like you wanted discounted yoga and you probably spent more money and time trying to develop the company than if you just would have paid for the yoga class. Oh, hundred percent. And it was kind of cool though. Cause like it started off in Vancouver and then it expanded across Canada. It was called living free Canada, you know, active mind, happy heart, loving. You were a national company is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, by the end, it's funny. Cause every so often I'd meet someone and they're like, Oh, you're Blair from living free Canada. But it wasn't like a huge, like think about group. It was like Groupon, but like not many people knew about it because yeah. I, cause what happened was it started growing and I got so busy, but I wasn't really making lots of money. Cause the group by model is a whole different thing. Yeah. And I was just like, I had this, was like, I'm miserable. Why am I doing this? <laughs> like, I didn't mean, I didn't wake up one day and be like, I want to own a coupon empire. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted free yoga. I just want to go to yoga. Damn it. That's all yeah. I wanted. I wanted to, so, I want to pay for it. Right. Yeah. So that's funny. So I, yeah, I started my PR company, but also accidentally started a coupon company. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it's not unlike an entrepreneur to say, like, how do I get that for free? And then yeah. figure out a really well, I'll complicated tell you, I'll tell solution. You, here's the solution. Like, I love concerts and music festivals. So years ago, like when I was younger, like when I was young, drunk and fun, <laughs> I actually started a blog. Like I, I started a blog and then I reached out to everywhere I wanted to go in like the area I lived and I got media passes. <laughs> so my job was to go party and then write about it. That's that's the way to do it. <laughs> that is resourceful. Like yeah. what what we're talking about is resourcefulness is all yes. it is. Yes. Like yeah, get, I am I am media. Was it like Blair's blog? Like what was that? Um, what was the blog? I think okay, so I had blah blah Blair. <laughs> I think it was blah blah Blair. And my like Instagram handle, like some of my usernames are Blair from Blairland, so I may have had that, but like I would go through phases where I was like super into blogging and then I'd fall off the wagon when there was like nothing I wanted to do. <laughs> so yeah. like you would go like there's a concert in town. So you'd, you'd call the promoter and like, OK, I'm going to yeah. go there. You take pictures and write about it on the blog. You yeah. report on it. Yeah, basically. I, yeah. I created my own news source and report on it. And like it worked cool. like later, like different publications where I used to live, like Tourism Whistler, the, um, the a newspaper that doesn't exist anymore. They started having me go do these things and pay me for it. So that was kind of cool because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing the thing and getting paid. But so that that was, I guess, a win. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see that. Um, so there's a show on HBO with the White Lotus mm -hmm. and written by Mike White and written and directed by Mike White. And both shows, both seasons have been in like these exotic locations. And I think that these guys just want to spend like a month in Italy and decide, okay, I'm going to do a whole story based on this location. Like Vince Vaughn did couples retreat because he wanted to hang out in Fiji for, for like two months. Like that's smart. That's what <laughs> yes. I do. I make yes. decisions. Yeah. Like, so it's interesting. Cause like, <clears throat> so one of my goals, and I know you didn't ask me, but I'm telling you is to empower 88 million people by the time I'm 40. So August, Ooh. 2025, I want to have empowered 88 million people. And I use this as my compass in making decisions. If I'm going to do something where I spend the currency of time or the currency of energy or the currency of money. Hmm. And so like the book, the global resilience project book that I put out in June, I was actually um, also a co-author of a different book called women gone wild. And that I was on a media tour for, and part of it, I was on a billboard in times square for a month. Ooh, That was a big, like time, energy, money investment. Hmm. But recently I was invited to be um, interviewed on a show and there was a, a fee and it was a big fee, but also um, I would have, it would have been in the Bahamas. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I would have been able to use like Fox and all the, like maybe NBC, like logos on my website, which I, I have logos on my website. Like I am in the media. Like I'm not like, I'm always looking to build my credibility, but for me, it's now about the reach. It's not about the logo associated with my name. And so Times Square, millions of people see that a day. That, and I was up there for a month, twice a minute, 24 hours a day for like, that was worth the ROI because I empowered people. They see that they see me, whatnot. Like, and this is just like a high level metric. Like I'm, you know, do, so I don't really know how to fully track that like right. ROI, but like, so I said to this, the producer of the show or the sales guy, I'm like, well, what's the reach? Like, they're like, oh, it's going to be aired on four networks, like a small town in Alaska, probably 2am, like, you know. I was like, so what's the reach? Like how many people are going to see? He's like, we don't even know. It's not about that. It's about having the logo. I'm like, so you want me to fly? <laughs> and 
And I was like, but I, I mean, I'm like, oh, I could use the logos and then I'd be in the Bahamas. But no one's going to see my no one's going to see it. Yeah. And so I said no. Mm-hmm. I said no to that. And I asked a couple people, like, should I do it? And everyone's like, yeah, that's amazing. I'm like, I don't want to fly across like the continent. Like I want to Canada to Bahamas far, like tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. And no one's going to see me. No, thanks. Not worth it. Like I may as well post, just make a post on social media. Sure. So anyway, so there was a service out back in what, 20 years ago, Bob, the internet marketing era, we all know where you could pay to have some interview and it could be syndicated on. Oh, the it, still news. it still, still exists. exists. It still exists, yeah. but it's, you know, what was once looked at as, oh, wow, that's a great opportunity to leverage and have the logos. Now it's kind of like smarmy, uh, you know, with people's mm-hmm. distrust in, in, in a lot of media, it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I think with credibility, like this is what I teach with thought leadership, because thought leadership, a lot of that is credibility. There's lots of elements to it. So yeah, meeting, getting that media exposure, whether it's paid for or earned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all earned, <laughs> whether yeah. you earn the money to pay for it or not. Right. But, right. Um, <laughs> but also like, what else are you offering besides you having the Fox logo and like Forbes logo on your website? Do you have a book? Have you created your own system that you teach people things? Maybe you have a podcast. Like I have two of my own podcasts. We're on a podcast show right now. Like there are all these things you need to do. You can't just do one thing and be a thought leader. Mm-hmm. It's about all these building blocks. Yeah. I'm interested in the bodacious goal, like yeah. 88 million people by Why 2025. Yeah. Where did that come from? How did you come to that number? Okay. Um, so eight's my lucky number. Okay. I'm born the eighth of the eighth. It also like kind of means abundance. Yeah. And not this summer, but last summer I was doing like a manifestation. Like I was just like, what do I want my goals to be? What do I want my life to be like in the next few years? And I was like, okay, by the time I'm 40, I want to empower 8 million people. And like a month later, I booked a spot on a TV show that had a 14 million reach. I was like, oh, I achieved my goal. <laughs> Oops. So I just added another eight because I like eight. And so, you know, now I've been on a couple TV shows, Billboard and Times Square. I've been on lots of different podcast interview shows. Um, you know, I've been on some interviews that have had 500,000 to a million views. So I'm kind of have like this loose um, kind of barometer and I'm actually going to build a barometer build. I'm going to work at finding a barometer widget for my website. I'm going to actually add it to my website because my, my job is to help people through their shit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Let me help you turn your pain. Sorry. Let me help you by turning my pain into purpose. Let Mm. me be that light at the end of the tunnel or that headlamp you need to get through the tunnel. Mm. I mean, is is that the goal Blair? Like when, you know, empower means a lot of things to people. What what does it mean to you? What are you looking? What do you want these eighty eight million people to know or do? That it is okay to not be okay, and that they are not alone, and they're going to get through it. Hmm. Like, and they're resilient, and I want people to know that because it's so easy to want to give up. You know, I've never been suicidal. I've had a lot of hard stuff happen, and I'm on an SSRI. You know, like I've cut out alcohol, I meditate, I have therapists, I do traditional healing, non-traditional healing. I have a lot of trauma from my childhood. You know, my father lived with addiction. He left our family. Like, you know, I I still had a really good upbringing, but there's trauma. And I'm doing a lot of healing now in my adult life. And where am I going with this? I lost my train of thought. 
We're trying oh, to figure out what empower. What oh, yes, right. You. So, um, yes, we're trying to figure that out. <laughs> so anyways, I, I know where I was going with this. So I have had depression. Like I have found diary entries from when I was a kid in the early 90s. Like the teacher thinks I'm depressed, but my mom says I'm fine. Is that me, Blair Kaplan, the girl with depression? We'll never know because, you know, there was a stigma about mental health. Yeah. And this past June, I was on a media tour. I was in Vegas. I was in LA. I was in New York. I was on a billboard. I was speaking on stages. I was at red carpet events. Um, you know, I, I went to an event in Bel Air, a mansion. Like it was like probably one of the highlights of my career, but I couldn't feel happy. Okay. And I remember standing at the billboard and just looking up and like, I, I'm proud, but I don't feel it. And I just really miss my parents. And I came back from that trip really depleted and like, I don't know. I wasn't like, oh, I want to die. But I was like, okay, like I could die happy now. Like if I die tomorrow, no big deal. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to die or oh, yeah. I'm going to take my own life. But like, I was just kind of like, whatever. And it scared a lot of people. It scared my sister. It scared my friends. They're like, that's, this is not good. Which is why they've been checking in with you. Yeah. I mean, everyone's been checking in since heart attack land happened, but like people, I mean, check in on your friends, whether like they, you might think they're the happiest person alive and they might be suffering. Check in on everyone. And like, that's why we're friends. That's why we're in, in community. Hmm. So in so anyways, I went on a new SSRI and like, I'm in a really good place now. Like my, it feels like the chemicals are balanced. I'm feeling better. Like I'm getting dressed. I'm brushing my hair. I mean, um, Brandon probably didn't even recognize me because my hair is usually curly. He's probably like, who's that girl with the brushed hair? Right. But right. Who are you? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so what does empower mean? And I think that the meaning is different to everyone and it, it changes for me, but empowering empowerment to me is resilience and resilience is the ability to bounce forward from a difficult time. I hope you're enjoying today's show with Blair as much as I am. Uh, and it's such a testament to the power of story to change people's lives. What I appreciate is, you know, Blair has been in the social media space for so long and, and, and a pioneer in it and recognizes that social media can be everyone's highlight reel and, and, and it's getting kind of old. And when what Blair talks about today as far as being transparent and sharing the real story about what's going on in her life and how she's working through it uh, has so much greater impact on her audience <clears throat> and on people than some kind of canned speech. And with Feed Stories, that's exactly what we draw out of uh, the people that we work with. We love to sit down. We wanna get the real story behind why you started the business you're in, the problems you solve, the people you reach, and the stories of the heroes that you help. Your customers are your heroes. And these are the stories that we like to capture on camera, because if you tell those stories, you're going to find more people that you can help. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, please jump on a call with Bob and I. Go to feedstories.com and book a call. We'd love to hear about your business and your story. Let's get back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. What's what's interesting and what I'm hearing and, and certainly been through some of my own pain in the last three years, um, what I'm hearing is that part of therapy, part of healing for you and and you're encouraging other people to to tell their story, to to not hide the story. You know, I was going to ask you earlier what's been some of the most significant things that have helped you through these difficult times, but clearly it's been telling the story is yeah. not containing it 
and you know it is so much of so much of our society is like oh you know always smile and don't share the real you and yeah well what has that produced in, in generations of people alcoholism yes. substance abuse depression containing shame. That shame. shame shame right okay so shame. this is great i love that you brought this up because I'm so public about my story and I've had some family members be like, Blair, not everything needs to be shared. I'm like, mm. and you're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like I took my dad to his first AA meeting. It was actually like a Jewish AA meeting. When we learned my dad was going to die, I took my dad in his sixties to his first meeting. I'm like, where, what, <laughs> why am I doing this? Where, where you've had an addiction for 40 years. Yeah. How is this happening only now? Anyways, I think empathy is so important and we need to learn how to embody empathy. And like, it's something that a lot, of, like I had to learn it. I didn't come from an empathetic family mm. like at all. Um, and empathy is really important, but yeah, sharing your story is important. So, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom and you hold in your pee. Like, yeah. Yes. Same thing. Like what, what do you want an emotional UTI? Probably not. Mm. I didn't even, I made that up on visualization, but, um, thank you. You know, you don't have to like get on a podcast and share it or like submit it to my community and like be published in a book or online, get a journal, write it out, Mm -hmm. talk to a friend, talk to your pet, talk to yourself, like process, like you need to process it. I'm not a therapist. So I'm just telling you what worked for me and what I've seen work for other people. And you know what? Therapy, counseling, whatever you want to call it has helped me tremendously, not just process thoughts, but give me the tools I need to navigate when something triggers me. And I feel myself going to something. So for example, um, I had some trauma in my life and my mom had a bit of a, like she had a lot of trauma. So there was a bit of a short fuse. And for me, I can go to zero to 100 very fast. I'm a loud person. Like I literally came into the world blaring. Like my whisper is a yell. I'm loud. Like when I'm passionate, I'm loud. When I'm upset. I'm loud. I'm loud all the time. I'm loud. <laughs> and I, my voice is loud and deep. And <laughs> so you, you with, literally with living up, you're living up to your name. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you were named like, perfectly. If you would have yes. named me like whisper, it would have been very different. Yeah. So I talking, my husband's pretty like, you know, like calm, cool, collected. And so if I get upset, I, I can go from zero to 100. And for me, what I've learned, it's like a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And so I have tools on like, so Shane has tools on how to talk to me in a different way that doesn't trigger me. Shane, I, I give you these tools to help me. These are these tools. Here's I mean, some chocolate. Whether he <laughs> uses them or not. Yeah, but there's a like puppy, how you no, a kitten for you. You like kittens. You like cats. I like kittens. I just, yeah. yeah, I just bought a new kitten. I can't wait. Frey. Mm. I named the cat after my mom. Right. Oh, great. Yeah. Like for, my mom was on her deathbed. So she went into the hospital a second time and they're like, so your body's covered in like tumors. Like you have two weeks left to live. She died three days later. So I had this day with her where it was very like the will is here. The list of all the accounts are mm-hmm. here. The diamonds are here. Well, diamonds like, you know, what? But no, she, no, we'll scratch that. <laughs> she she looks at me and she's like, what are you going to name your daughter? And I was like, I'm not. Having oh, and oh. I was like, oh, I'm going to name her Sharon. My mom's name is Sharon. Yeah. And so I started thinking about it. And so I was like, you know what? I do want to get a kitten. And um, I already have two cats, but one is a senior cat. And I want the senior cat to be with the kitten because like they can like they can uh, coexist and like the older cat can teach the younger cat. Yeah. And I was like, my mom's Hebrew name is Freda. And so I thought, you know, it'd be cute to name a cat Frey. Hmm. like f-r-e-y and i was like it, it's a, it's funny to honor my mom that way we're cat people we grew up with xena the warrior pussy <laughs> <laughs> i 
And my mom did tell me I was never allowed to name a cat again, but I think she would approve. That is epic. Uh-huh. That is it. the most epic. Yeah, when my mom life. was dying, actually, she said, you have to take Xena. I was like, mom, like, I have two cats. She's like, you have to take Xena. So I bring this calico, sassy little biatch from Winnipeg, Manitoba to where I used to live in Pemberton. So now I have two senior cats and this other cat. And it was just really funny. So Zena actually, she hung out with me probably from February until September. And like, we like, so it's been a year since she passed on, but she was old. And so I've had three cats before and I, it's, it's a lot, but I can manage it. I think, yeah. I think you could. How yeah. You Frey. So little Frey named after my mom. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. You know, one thing that um, just kind of struck me about uh, I, I've been learning and still learning that the thing that you really want to get in life is the thing that you give away. Mm. So it seems, Blair, that you are seeking healing from trauma. And what you are doing is you are helping other people heal from trauma. And that's the way you will receive the healing. Like that's a really, it's a really backwards lesson but it's actually the way the the universe works but mm. it's also the way i feel like the reason i'm doing this because every time i tell my story i feel like the wound closes a bit more i feel like mm. the gold right. is flowing through the cracks of my heart you know that ancient japanese tradition of i can't remember what it's called but you know when something breaks they like put it back together with gold in the cracks like yeah i i, I feel like i'm always healing so when right. i tell my story it helps me heal but then when i get that feedback that my story may have helped someone yes yeah, I'm doing my job. That I mean, you. yeah, but it, it's the same way with money. Like if people are like, oh, I, you know, I want to accumulate more wealth. Well, the way to do it is actually quite the opposite of what you would think is you give wealth away mm-hmm. and then wealth comes to you. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to be happy, you give away happiness. Like it's counterintuitive, but it's the way we're wired. And when you experience it like you have, it's like, yeah, I found when I share my story, other people are getting healed and I feel like I'm getting healed. That's the way it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. But most people don't realize that it's counterintuitive, but it is the way it works. And so Mm -hmm. it's just amazing that you've been able to go, Oh, it's like a marketing test. I did this and I feel this way. And now you just want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everything I do is a test. It's not like, Oh, I spent hours of research. on like, does this work? I just like, I think this might work and I try it out. And if it works, I keep doing it. If it doesn't, I switch, but this fully came from a, holy shit, my dad's going to die. I need to tell my story. I'm bursting at the seams to like, oh my gosh, my story is helping people and that no one's perfect and that we all have shit to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so true. you're amazing, Blair. And oh. Like, yeah. just like, I can't believe the the people we get to meet on the show. Like Brandon so and I, funny. it's like, like, I can't believe what's happening. Yeah. Um, I would love to give you a chance, Blair, because we we love to give people a chance to do a little rant. Right. And you said you have a rant and most you people are like, oh, I don't know. No, like, you know, so I can't wait to hear what your rant is. Yeah, uh, this is this is going to be exciting. No pressure. OK, tell me when. N- when. Oh. Who the fuck invented automatic toilets? <laughs> and who the fuck decides where they go? Oh, my God. Because can I rant with you? Go. Keep going. Keep going. No one wants to also have a bidet toilet. Oh, accidental you- bidet. Right. I want to be in control of when I'm done. Thank I want you. to tell the toilet when it's time to flush. Yeah. And like, listen, I, I am not a, you know, I'm not a skinny mini. If I'm sitting on the toilet and there's a sensor, I know I'm still there, but it decides it's time for me to get off. Are you kicking me off the toilet? Right. <laughs> right. So my issues with automatic toilets, especially ones with a lot of pressure that also act as a bidet. No one wants oh. a bidet toilet. Oh. And so 
I would like to start a petition to remove all automatic toilets from anywhere and everywhere. I experienced one of these somewhere and I didn't know what to do. An automatic toilet. All these, yeah, I forget, oh, like I, oh, Bob, Bob, it was at, when we were in Connecticut at that, at that group thing. Well, that was that was a toilet that was plugged into the wall. It had like buttons this? and it was it, an electric it, toilet. It had air blowing on places after the bidet thing. But like, okay, I admittedly when it's a public... bidet thing. I was just curious. I've never. Yeah. So like, yeah. when a to... automatic flush toilets are fine if you're in control, but if it's one of those ones where it thinks you're done and it flushes and you're sitting on it, that's yeah, annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. It's one of the ones that are aggressive and it automatically flushes and you're still sitting on it. And like, girls usually sit for all the things. Yes. Well, that's where and, I get all my reading done. And sometimes um, I'll call Bob from. But it'll flush two, but, and it'll also spray you know, me. But it's yep. like, if you're going to use a bidet, you don't want a public bidet. And it's, you know, it's not actually a bidet. I wouldn't say like, I walk away from that experience feeling clean. No, it's not. No, a, no you don't feel cleaned. No. So anyways, my issue is with automatic toilets. And I wish I was always in control of when I'm done. Thank so you. Blair, my, my oldest daughter would, <laughs> would absolutely hug you. Like when yeah. she was little, we would have to go into the stall with her and cover the sensor. And then she would have to be done and exit the stall because she was afraid that that toilet was going to swallow her up. Oh, yeah. That automatic sensor was yeah. a monster. Yeah. And those I commercial toilets, man, you get a leg stuck in there. You're going down because those yeah. suction. Is They're meant intense. to flush boulders down. Like, right. right. I mean, it's Literally. like, they, yeah, like complete yeah. rocks. I still I, have that fear that I'm going to get swallowed by a toilet. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I have to put that in the at least the top three rants we've we've ever got. Okay, good. Agreed. Um, Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I'll take top three. Top three. Well, you, could, I think you might have just but you might have been topped by our friend Ellie, who did a rant on the DMV, which I'm not sure oh. anyone could top because okay, it, was just a, it. it was just a lovely story. But yeah. I, I love the whole thing. Um with with the with the automatic toilets, I I think that's I think we put that in that's that's up on the wall. We're like, what a up. way to put someone in a bad mood, <laughs> right? Right, an yeah. accidental bidet, yeah, and you don't know what's in that water either. No, usually your own your own stuff. Right. right. Anyways, so well, let's yes. let's follow a toilet story with a promotion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's make a shift. Blair, From you've been shit. really generous and yeah. and vulnerable and transparent. And that's what we love on the show and our, and our audience absolutely loves it. But we do, uh, we do want to give you a chance to like tell people how awesome you are and what you actually do to help them. So share with us some resources and places people can find you. Yeah. The best thing to do is you can go to blairkaplan.ca. That's B-L-A-I-R-K-A-P-L-A-N.ca. And all the things I'm doing are there. Social media, it's Blair Kaplan Venables. Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time. I'm Blair from Blairland. <laughs> I've come so far. I can't change the name now, but I'm Blair from Blairland on Instagram. And, you know, if you're curious about how to create your own empowerment plan for social media and publicity and you want to be a thought leader. I'm your girl. I actually um, I do. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I do have um, like a I have a workbook where people can build out their thought leadership plan. Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to share that. So, Is that so, yeah. on the site you share? Yeah. So it's um, a roadmap to being more visible. And um, the other thing is if you have a story to share on resilience, I invite you to submit it at imresilient.info. Mm. All the stories submitted online get shared online in social media. And I, on my most recent vacation, had a dream where my mom came to me in my dream and she was alive and 
we, it was just a really beautiful dream. And in that, in that dream, I was getting ready to launch my second global resilience project book. And so soon I'll be opening applications. If someone wants to share the story of how they overcame a challenge. Wow. That is great. I am resilient.info. Yes. So that's what the project used to be called. I am resilient, but then I manifested too much, uh, too much. You over, you over manifested. I over manifested about how resilient I really could be because even my husband, who is not into woo, said you need to change the name of this project or end it because you keep attracting things into our life that are hard. <laughs> so ah. I changed to the Global Resilience Project. Mm, cool. Share, share, share the trauma a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to share it? No, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm just saying you went to a global thing so more people could experience oh, like, it. It's not all yeah. on you. It wasn't you, like I it's not it's not it's, it's I went from I to we. <laughs> well, just know that the two most powerful words that a human could say is I am. Yeah, because what because what, what follows is what gets created. Mm-hmm. Right. I could not agree more. And like, yeah. honestly, this was a, le- a real big lesson in manifestation. Yes, it is. It is. I am is the most powerful creative instrument in the universe and people don't realize it. So when you say I am resilient, you are basically uh, manifesting resilience. Congratulations. So the website, I am resilient.info, but it's called the global resilience project. That's great. Probably, probably worth a whole other discussion at some point. And I also think that you should, uh, if you don't have it, get the domain woowooju.com. Yes. Yeah. I just like the one thing is, I, I don't know. Are either of you Jewish? No, no, but I I'm woo woo. Like I go back and forth because like I don't mind calling myself a Jew, but if someone who's not Jewish calls me a Jew, it kind of comes off offensive. Sure. So I'm sometimes I say I'm wooish and Jewish. So yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. I mean, it was I, just really cool, and it rolled off the ton. It was just, I know, right? You know, I'm a marketer. Yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it was. It was really cool. So I know. Maybe I should, or maybe if not, and you get it. I'm gonna buy it and I, sell it. To I, you. Yeah. yeah I'm do. Yeah. <laughs> we sell do sell me the stuff. website. I right. actually for side sidebar, I've always I'm a city girl. Like I've lived in Winnipeg and Vancouver, but then I met my husband on Plenty of Fish online and I moved really to yeah, I met I moved to a small town, a village, 2,500 people. Wow. I was one of very few Jewish people. And in Kamloops, where I live, it's about a hundred thousand people, and I have yet to meet another Jewish person, except I heard one guy is a farmer whale somewhere. Anyways. So I thought about starting a website called smalltownjew.com and it'd be like an online community for people like me who like want to buy matzah and Hanukkah candles. <laughs> but yeah, like, that... I need to stop making all these businesses and focus on the things that I make me money and that I'm really passionate about. But like, I have all these other ideas, but smalltownjew.com or like Jew in a small town. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is the curse and blessing of being an entrepreneur, just yeah. a constant flow of ideas that are like, Ooh, I oh, can do that. Yesterday I had this brilliant idea and I was like, Oh my God, I should start a CBD company. I've wanted to for a while. And then I talked to my friend who did it and he basically was like, why are you doing this? You don't need to. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> Cause I came up with the perfect name. I'm like, Oh, I have a good name. Should I do it? Should I just make a company? Cause I had a good name. Anyways. Yes, I get it. I'm still, I'm curious how we're going to launch the, uh, the project to end automatic toilets. That's what I'm curious about. What, what's that going to start a like? change.org petition, set your poop free, something I will yeah. we'll come up with something. Yeah. Liberate your bum, bum hole. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll Thrive, flush, like, I don't know. I can flush myself. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I just love how we end the podcast. That's just part. Yeah, that was that's a good note. Usually, usually it's vert. Usually it's uh not literal, but we literally ended, we, we okay. literally ended it in the toilet. So that's fantastic. 
<laughs> we yeah i mean like you guys probably seem like you end up with like a potty mouth yeah. oh yeah oh yeah so definitely yeah we are who we are so yeah. here we are blair it's been awesome to get to know you thank so you good for sharing you, an hour with thank us today you. so fun thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the innovative founder with bob regnaris and brandon boyd a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.